and boom goes the dynamite. Episode 81 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing, man? Jeff! So great. How are you? Not enough about me. Let's talk about you. You always start, you ask me how I'm doing. Let's bring that back. How are you, Jeff? Well, I just had to replace a doorknob on my closet, and I... Because it was just hanging there, and this is how it came when we when we went into the, actually I said closet I meant my laundry room, and uh, um, and it, the doorknob was just hanging there, and it's been like that since we moved in. But finally, we got tired of it, so I tried to do it up proper, including with a latch, you know, with the you know the the, the door latch and everything. Well, whoever the brain genius was that cut this door cut it a little too far to the left, so I can't get the the uh, the the latch in. So now it's just kind of I got the doorknob in, but it's just kind of there doesn't doesn't actually shut all the way. So yeah, that- folks, welcome to the uh, surprise backdoor pilot for this old house, the podcast where we <laughs> renovate uh, through an audio medium. We renovate things one. One by one and just describe them to you you don't need to watch it on tv uh you hear it through an audio medium uh we'll do asmr casts where you hear sounds of saws uh maybe belt sanders love a belt sander uh maybe an oscillating tool <laughs> jeff do you have an oscillating tool i do not have, well <laughs> well you know that, that 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 that's for the uh the 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 uh bgtd after dark uh oh <laughs> hey hey whoa, whoa. But uh, not yeah. I I I I am your Bob Vila. That's that's who I am. Love that Bob Vila. Uh, you know it's funny you mentioned the ASMR because I was listening to uh, the Days of Thunder on this very feed, and uh, they did an ASMR bit uh, just to get through a Lex Luger match. <laughs> that's a good ASMR way to do it. That's a good way to soothing sounds of Lex Luger. Shout out Days of Thunder. Yeah. The... They're doing all kinds of fun stuff over there, folks. Make sure you're checking them out. If you're yeah. listening to us, you probably already listen to Days of Thunder. And if you don't, do it. Yeah, they, they are a great show. And, uh, you know, I, I, of course, collaborated with them recently on the Collision in Korea episode. And we're going to be... We know you all already listened to. And uh, we're going to be discussing more collaborations that the Days of Thunder guys are doing. It's going to become relevant to a topic that uh, I'm going to discuss later on. Uh, speaking of topics that we have discussed earlier, so I apparently am a massive hypocrite because here I am discussing my concerns about GCW and Black Label and Freelance and AEW all coming to Hoffman Estates, Illinois, Labor Day weekend to Just run lovely this time of year to, to, to run shows. And then here I go, not a week after that, and I buy myself a ticket to go see Gary Newman on October the 10th. Oh, how dare you? How dare you? Everyone's going to be so mad at you, specifically. Just you. Everyone in the whole crowd is going to be mad at you. You are now responsible for all. If if anyone has anything bad happen to them at Gary Newman, it's uh, for you. Actually, well... Here's the thing, Jeff. You kind of buried the lead there, and a lot of people need to to understand this. At a Gary Newman concert, you actually can feel safest of all. So, uh, you know, you have to you have to get your ticket, and you have to go to the Gary Newman show. It's the only way to live uh, because it is an outdoor venue, and you get to watch it. No, it's not an outdoor. No, no, it's not an outdoor. Yeah, venue. It's, it's in it's in cars, right? No, it's in Park West, which is not a outdoor venue. Wow. You're just gonna you're just gonna know some of my in cars. I am because that that is the you know because you know. I'll tell you what, it, <laughs> I I could have made a joke about me, you know the, the also on that same album. If you, know, you met Gary there, Newman, there is only life. me. Yeah. If you met Gary Newman in real life, would you uh, would you hit him with a Newman? Would you treat him like Newman from Seinfeld? No, I probably wouldn't. Actually. 
yeah. I think that'd be a fun way to. I, I, I actually hated that show. Human. I actually hated. I actually hated Seinfeld. Well, the thing about Seinfeld is, once you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, you realize how unnecessary Jerry Seinfeld himself is and was. That actually is the entire reason why I did not watch Seinfeld is because I fucking hated his stand-up. Like always, he's did. not a very good stand-up and never has been. And you know, the reason Seinfeld was so good was Larry David and the cast around him. Like, yeah, uh, yeah it was not Jerry. Jerry Seinfeld was always the least interesting part of Seinfeld. Yeah, it was not him. And I say what when when I'd rather listen to the imitation of uh, Jerry Seinfeld stand-up by Gilbert Gottfried and any of Jerry Seinfeld's actual stand-up. Uh, you know? Yeah, I've been, uh, well, you know, not to not to bring up a podcast we brought up before too much, but yeah, there's a, there's a podcast I've been listening to that does have a very famous Seinfeld bit as well. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Nick Mullins' uh, Seinfeld. It's very funny. Okay. Uh, anyway, so, that here. <laughs> so uh, no, we will not. But all this being said, yes, I am considering going to these these Labor Day shows. That is, if there is a GCW still in existence, because you know if they get you know they, if be, they get sued. Um, yeah. I think, you know, this is a, this is probably a lot of posturing. You know, we get into, you know, wrestling news from outside of AEW sometimes at the top of these podcasts, and it's pretty relevant. Uh, you know, if you're a fan of independent wrestling or you've been following any of this, you probably have seen some of the uh, very public spat between independent wrestling TV and uh, Game Changer Wrestling. Uh, they had a little falling out. GCW wanted to be released from their contract with IWTV. They haven't necessarily worked it out yet. GCW does make their stuff available on Fight. Uh, according to Brett Lauderdale, he's been trying to work it out. According to IWTV, that's not necessarily true. They're now pursuing legal action against GCW, and it seems like they're both willing to play it out in public, at least to a point. So I'm sure we'll get more updates on that as it goes. Yeah, I yeah. Usually these sort of things uh, aren't great, and I, I I am just I I've been thinking about this since I left work yesterday, which is when I was made aware of. Um, uh, about this uh, the, 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 this legal battle now, this apparent legal battle. And I'm still trying to figure out what the hell Drew Cordero's food truck has to do with a breach of contract suit. Yeah, I think yeah. what he... Uh, so, yeah, this, this is the tweet that's kind of going around about it. Brett uh, claiming that he, IWTV doesn't want to work with him right now because they're still mad at Drew Cordero over having a food truck at a Beyond show. And, you know, Drew and Brett do work pretty closely together. They're obviously the two biggest promoters in East Coast Wrestling right now. Uh, Beyond and GCW definitely very intertwined as far as talent sharing. Uh, they've had shows on the same weekends at the same venues, things of that nature. Uh, so it seems like IWTV, according to them, uh, is being petty. But, you know, it's probably a lot of everybody being dumb about this. Uh, probably a lot of bitterness. I guess we'll see how it plays out. I assume that it'll end uh, pretty quietly, ultimately, and that they'll find some sort of resolution. But uh, until then, enjoy the tweets. <laughs> yeah, I, I really until just then, would enjoy like Brett to know. Brett Lauderdale posting his way through because he will. Brett will post his way through. Oh God, you know what? It, Look, I don't think Brett's a bad guy. I've talked, I've interacted with Brett. I think Brett's a, a nice guy. I think Brett is earnest, and I think you know Brett uh, is a well-intentioned guy. You know, it's just you don't you don't always uh, you don't always hit a home run, man. Yeah, as long as we don't have to. You know what? I'll tell you what. The, the, the best way to sac to to to, uh, to to resolve all of this, just get rid of Kevin Gill, and all will be forgiven. At this, it's point. a huge way to get some goodwill at this point. And look, I get it. Kevin's everybody's friend. People like Kevin. Uh, Kevin's dutiful. Kevin shows up for work, and he gets the job done. Unfortunately, the quality of his work is substandard. And that has to be acknowledged, especially if you're going to be the biggest promotion and you're going to make a big deal about having your events broadcast. If nobody wants to watch them because the commentary is abysmal, you have a problem there. And Kevin yes. needs to also Kevin has, you know, been self-deprecating in that regard and like acknowledges his own uh, uh, poor skill. And at what point does Kevin feel like a responsibility to step down and let somebody better do the job? If he cares so much, if these people are his friends, if he cares about the success of GCW so much, maybe he should try to find a different role. I tell you what, thank God that the legend Max Bredos, you know, the, the legend from Fox Sports, well, you know, from, from Fox Soccer and Fox Sports, he, he commentates rugby. He's now, you know, he's always been very 
supportive of the sport of uh, association football and of uh, of rugby football in in this country. Uh, thank God the legend Max Bredos was calling blood sport because I would have gone bananas. Oh, Kevin if it hadn't been him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but it's, it's cool to get those elements, but like GCW has talent and people around that are hungry and want to do it. They have a lot of wrestling talent who are good on the mic. There's a lot of things we can do there. Uh, they have other folks uh, who are good on commentary that they can get. Uh, yeah, we don't want to make this to Kevin Gill podcast, but yeah, that dude's got to go. Oh, yeah. And well, it's, you know, Tornado Survival's today, so I think he's going to be on for at least some of that. I was going to ask you, are you going to be watching some of that? I might. We'll see how the day plays out. If I have time or if I'm around, I'm already going to be. There is a, uh, a live podcast, a music festival, a frequency festival that I have a ticket for uh, featuring some great podcasts that I want to check out live. Uh, so, And Every Time I Die was supposed to be on that, so I would have seen more Andy Williams, but they had to cancel, unfortunately. But there's some there's some good acts on it, so I'm going to check that out. We'll see how the day plays out. I might want to watch Warrior. I know you're thinking about planning to watch uh, Warrior today. I, I am definitely going to watch Warrior one way or the other. I would, I may be might have attended except the fact that i currently will be the only person in my house on during the night on on weekend nights uh for the foreseeable future and uh my dogs might die you know they, they, the they, they, they'll be dying from, absolutely yes. you have to take that into account we uh my, my my dogs are very much similar. I get a little separation anxiety. No, it's not that. I just no. They're, they're with their 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 going out schedule. They're, they may ah, be dying true. in that respect too. So yeah, that's true. Paul, Jeff. did you watch Elevation or Dark this week? Some of Elevation, yes. Actually, just this very morning before we started recording, I was uh, catching up on some of Elevation. Just the beginning. I wanted to see if they. Uh, Treated it like a fallout from Double or Nothing type of deal since it was, you know, uh, aired on Monday, the day after uh, Double or Nothing. And it wasn't. It was a pretty uh, standard episode of uh, of Dark Elevation, but a good one from what I saw. It opened with a Thunder Rosa promo. She's great. She cut a really great bilingual promo effortlessly. That's money. They really need to get her back on the main event scene and quick. I think, obviously, her feud with Britt Baker is going to be called back upon now that Britt's the champion. So I'm sure we'll see a lot more Rosa. Saw Layla Hirsch match. That was real nice. The Acclaimed uh, doing their thing. Uh, I did post a little clip of something that Max Caster did that was very funny on that match on the BGTD podcast Twitter account. So you can check that out. Uh, and that's kind of as far as I got uh, a, a Varsity Blondes promo. Some stuff like that. I think Dark Elevation is becoming worth watching. It's a good show. Right on. Uh, and with that, we go live to Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida for episode 81 of AEW Dynamite. Your host, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur, speaking of <laughs> speaking of people who maybe shouldn't be in their jobs anymore. And right out the gate, we get our first match of the evening. Uh, your AEW World Tag Team Champions, Executive Vice Presidents Matt and Nick Jackson, Young Bucks, Versus a tandem from El Triangulo de la Muerte of Billy Big Fish Bollocks, the Bastard Pack, and Penta El Cerro Miedo. Now, that's right. going Death acute angle. That's right. Now, going into this, they claim that you know Mox is out injured after all those BTE triggers, and they uh, they attacked Ray Phoenix. Uh, backstage, I they, they didn't show the footage, so you know. You it know. sounds like they're gonna just quietly let Ray Phoenix get through his injury and kind of book their way around it until he comes back. Doesn't sound like he's gonna be out very long. Uh, yeah, well, hopefully not because you know, he, he. This is a good really way to you know keep Mox off TV yeah. for a hot second. That's cool. Yeah. Now, Penta was back in the Joker outfit. Hell yeah, he which, was. Hell yeah, he, he was. So here's where I have to confess that I was a big dum dum uh, last episode. How so? Because here I am talking about, you know, what is the next, you know, what's the next zeitgeist for supervillain, uh, for supervillains, for people to base their wrestling uh, outfit or wrestling gear on. And the greatest supervillain of all time was right there and I didn't take it. And I just, I, in my brain, I can actually see Penta wearing this. What, that would he's going to dress like Vince McMahon? Uh, no, I was going <laughs> to, uh, starts with a V. <laughs> as, as it happens, uh, that would be one Victor Von Doom. <laughs> oh, Victor Von Inch, that could work. I think that's uh, one that could work a... in, a, in a Pentagon specific wrestling gear. That could really work. I mean, you know, just make them, you know, 
He's already got the the hood look, you know, the, the way his yeah. mask is, you know, just, you know, put that on, you know, all silver, you know. I like it. I'm into it. Let's I think do that's it. Cool. I th- yeah, Doom. Doom is the way to go here. Or what if, hear me out here, and I, it's kind of tr- tricky because current Penta Joker gear is kind of an amalgam of multiple Jokers. Right. He's got like the the writing on the sides. It's kind of Jared Leto-y. Uh, the face paint portion and the scars portion are kind of Heath Ledger, but the classic purple and green is kind of like the comic booky kind of almost Jack Nicholson. So it's like multiple, but like, what if he went specifically towards different jokers? So like he came out with like a Heath Ledger Joker and he came out with a Jared Leto Joker and he came out with a Jack Nicholson Joker. <laughs> just, just different, just different. Just, just as long as he doesn't come out wearing Joaquin a Phoenix Joker. Just as long as he doesn't, uh, just as long as he doesn't come out wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, really into that. What about Hawaiian Joker? Really like that. Well, it, it, it's from The Killing Joke, a, a book that Oh he, yeah. A book that even Alan Moore that a book that Alan Moore has disowned. So, I mean, The Killing Joke definitely has its has its faults, but it also has its charms. It's fun in a way. Um, I mean, it, it's some of the best art Brian Boland ever did, although I really hated the recoloring that Brian Boland did. I always thought that John Higgins's coloring much what was much more suitable for the material honestly but you know that, that this is me getting you know technical nerd last time i visited upon the killing joke was the animated adaptation i heard uh, that which, was awful it was pretty awful yeah oh it was God. not good um and a lot of those are good like the dark knight returns one is fantastic yeah peter well uh, yeah peter weller as peter batman. weller is so good man I, 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 you know I, I i will always look at anything peter weller does because you know uh, yeah he's great well uh, you he know directed the, the, a lot of episodes of sons of anarchy and was a star in it and he brought a lot to that show yeah too. i mean well i mean for me the one-two punch when i was growing up of both you know buckaroo bonsai and robocop you oh know, yeah so anyway uh as the Bucks come out, this they, is the they, Peter Weller cast. We're going to talk about Peter Weller and Delroy Lindo exclusively. <laughs> uh, I don't think we mentioned Del, why we're talking about Delroy Lindo. We could. We were just we were talking about Delroy Lindo before the podcast started. So I'm still thinking about Delroy Lindo. And honestly, when am I not thinking about Delroy Lindo? Uh, two, two people who probably were not thinking about Delroy Lindo were the Good Brothers. Uh, what a segue. As uh, Frankie Kazarian comes out from nowhere and chases them off. So we have, you know, more or less a regular tag match, except, you know, for the finish, of course. Um, some This is a, a pretty good match, I thought. I, I hated the fuck finish, of course, because I always hate fuck finishes. I will say, though... Uh, I thought the finish on this was genuinely bad and, and annoying. But... That's the the point of these of these finishes. I think the young bucks are booking this way on purpose. This appears to be meta heel heat to me. I think these type of finishes are designed specifically to piss off internet wrestling fans. It, it, it's possible. It's the new kayfabe, right? Like we've you know we as fans have gone you know one step behind the curtain now. So the best way to continue to work the crowd, wrestling is a con, right? At its core. It's a con. It's made to be like a fake out for its own audience. So you have to get into these kind of meta kayfabe deals in order to continue to do that. And I think these type of finishes, are they know exactly what the conversation is going to be afterwards. I mean, because it's the only reason that it's the only reason to do this kind of thing. I mean, that's fine and all, but you know what? It doesn't make for entertaining television. Not yet, but that's, you know, it's long con, right? Because the match was entertaining. It was a fine match. It was fun to watch the match. The ending makes you angry and want, makes you mad at the Young Bucks specifically because you know who you're going to blame it on, right? Uh, so, you know, the internet wrestling fans saying, ah, oh, fucking Bucks with another one of their stupid fuck finishes. Fuck these guys. I can't wait to see them lose their belts. And that's the point. Right. But also, uh, a bit of brilliance in this match was uh, the Bucks tried a mask pull on, on Penta, and he had a second mask underneath. Hell yeah. And this makes sense, and this is fair, because uh, Penta, uh, you know, Jokerfied, obviously. Sting, once famously Jokerfied. That's um, true. So, so Pentagon is allowed to do the mask pull due to the transitive Joker property. Well, there is that, but also it's I, 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 we've seen this done in Lucha too because you oh know, yeah, the, the El Santo uh, classic mask pull right uh, is what I thought of as well. That kind of came to my mind immediately was the uh, the the classic El Santo mask pull. Uh, anyway, the Bucks get the win after Brandon Cutler interferes with Pack and 
Yeah. So hits him with a camera in a shot that will definitely be on being the elite this week. Yeah, most likely, which I don't know. I don't watch being the elite. So I tried to, I think I brought this up on the podcast last week. I tried to, uh, last week and just walked, came away from it baffled. It's, okay. it's, it's a, it's a baffling show. I don't know who it's for. It's all in jokes and just like random shit. Like most of the episode was well, Brandon so, Cutler. Well, so are most of the elite's t-shirts. So, you know, sure. they're all. But it's like, it's like Brandon Cutler and uh, Ryan Nemeth were like playing one of those little like tabletop, like plastic basketball games where you like flick the little catapult basketball into the hoop. Yeah. Right. It's like one that goes on the desktop or whatever. Um, it was weird. I don't, I, it wasn't content. It was strange. Uh, afterwards, uh, the Bucks go ahead and, uh, mask rip Penta again and try to set him up for a BTE trigger. And then, uh, Eddie Kingston comes out for the save. Hey, he still has friends. Eddie yeah. Kingston, uh, you know, he's on a path to redemption, repairing his relationships, uh, you know, making amends and you love to see it. Yeah. Th- this will come up again later, but, uh, also really respect that he dresses. He was dressed like me, uh, grilling some delicious impossible burgers yesterday. Ooh. I think I was in about the same outfit. I made some, uh, I actually grilled, uh, both, both beef and beyond, uh, burgers, uh, this past Monday. I will say after having a really nice, like I, I grilled them, uh, nice smoky flavor. And I did a kind of, uh, an interesting, I seasoned them with like Italian seasonings and like a balsamic glaze reduction. Hmm. Um, and used like provolone cheese, fantastic, and, uh, and sauteed mushrooms. Fantastic. Why do people even eat beef anymore? That's fine. You can just eat that. You know, the, you can I, just I, eat that. You know, you know I, I'll, I think I'll tell you what. The- I'll, I'll tell you. Well, for one thing, the, the, the Beyond and Impossible, I mean, it you, you get two patties for the price of, you know, four. They can uh, get expensive. I was fortunate. I bought a big bag of them from Costco. So I got them at a good per unit price. But, um, you know, that all that being said, um, you know, I, I, I do welcome this trend because, I mean, I, I am now more accepting of eating, you know, plant based meat products because uh, previously what, what counted as a veggie burger uh, tasted like uh, reheated tree bark. And yeah, uh, old veggie stuff was not great. There's some black bean burger alternatives out there that I think are pretty good. Yes, there are. Uh, that, that much is true, too. Yeah, and no, I think the uh, yeah, and the Beyond ones are right. I think the Impossible ones really crack the code, though. Really? See, I, I yeah, the the Beyond ones, the ones I can get easier for some reason. Like I, I don't know. That's fair. I'll, I'll yeah, see. Yeah, I was like, I was just at Costco and saw an opportunity and kind of seized it. And uh, you know what? I'm glad there's a lot you can do there. I'm learning about uh, about how to cook them properly, expanding my horizons, if you will, and uh, you know, not dying of a heart attack. Yeah, this is a uh, this is now a uh, a, a grilling veggie meat uh, podcast. Yeah, this is a plant ba- plant based uh, meat alternatives podcast. Uh, welcome to Boom Goes the Dynamite, a podcast about Delroy Lindo and plant based uh, burger alternatives. <laughs> when we come back from commercial, uh, Tony Schiavone is in the ring introducing Mark Henry, who then uh, introduces Vicky Guerrero, who then well, introduces somebody well, else. Well, uh, uh, Mark didn't exactly introduce Vicky. Vicky kind of introduced herself. Right. Here's why I mentioned that I missed 98% of this segment because I had to deal with a very large raccoon suddenly being in one of my my trash bins. Hell yeah. That's a shoot, brother. Uh, That was a shoot. He was a chunky boy, too. Oh, yeah? At first, I was like, wait, why is there a cat? Oh, wait, that's not a cat. (laughs) (laughs) We are we are dealing with a porch cat. One of the our, our neighbors have a bunch of outside cats, and one of them has decided to just kind of move on to our deck. And she's great. She's a real sweetheart. She's super cute. We're a little bit worried she might be pregnant, so that might be fun. Oh, uh, so oh so you'll hear more on that on this podcast as it develops about uh, potentially uh, kittens on my deck, which will just be great. Really looking forward to that, Jeff. So uh, uh, why don't you take the wheel on this segment then, because I missed ninety eight percent of it. Yeah. Um, Mark Henry's introduced by Tony Schiavone and basically a exact repeat of the way they introduced him at double or nothing. Uh, it's almost made it, the whole thing feel redundant. Like if they weren't going to have him talk at double or nothing, why even introduce him? They just wanted to obviously get that little pay-per-view pop. So they kind of redo that and say, Mark Henry's here. Now he's going to actually explain himself. And all he says is, um, you know, I don't think AEW is broken. I think I'm not here to fix them. I'm here to tighten there to turn the screws and, you know, enhance the product essentially. Uh, Tony asks him if he has anything or if he wants to wrestle again. 
Mark Henry says, I won't say yes, but I have a lot left in the tank. So he leaves the kind of open-ended as to his in-ring return. And as soon as the crowd starts cheering, you get a just absolutely extra shrill Vicky Guerrero uh, with her classic excuse me. I will not uh, scream it into the microphone. Yeah, please don't. You listeners at home, but you know what Vicky sounds like. She's just really going hard. So that's where I first had the indication that this might be something special because like Vicky was really going at it for this one. Uh, and she says, all right, your time's done, Mark. Get the hell out of my ring. Mark Henry uh, uh, submits, and Mark and Tony leave the ring. Uh, Vicky is getting booed so hard that the crowd barely picks up on what she's telling them. And what she's telling them is that she is here to introduce one Andrade El Idolo. La Sombra. The former La Sombra himself. The, the, uh, the OG. The OG Ingobernable. <laughs> One of the most Ingobernable you can possibly imagine. Um, the son-in-law of one Ric Flair. Or a potential uh, son-in-law. I think they're... No, they got married. Did they actually get married? I thought they were I just so engaged. No, I'm pretty sure they got married. Uh, I, I know they're engaged. I didn't know that they got engaged. I think hitched. they did a small wedding. Uh, if, if you know whether or not Charlotte and Andrade are married, you can tell us at BGTD Podcast. Uh, uh, all this so, being said, wow. Um, hell yeah. Consi- this was, I was and, and considering that the forbidden door is open, now here is the, the, the inn for Andrade and uh, Naido to reunite. Well, I think this is why he signed with AEW uh, quicker than I think people imagine. I think the reason this was such a surprise is because he was such an obvious choice for AEW to go get that a lot of people, I think, talked themselves into it just not happening yet, right? Like, oh, it's just too obvious for him to be there at some point. But AEW has proven to be very good at letting wrestlers go places and do things that they want to do. Chief among them, John Moxley, which I think this is the biggest WWE crossover since Mox, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think as far as potential for the main event scene of AEW's card, I think this is an even bigger deal than Christian Cage, I'll be honest. Oh, by far. I mean... You know, I think Christian fills a different role and is a different... Yeah, right, because because Andrade El Sombra or or El Idol, you know, whatever you want to call him. They're going to be calling him Andrade El Idolo, it looks like. He even had it. He even had El Idolo monogrammed into his very, very nice suit. Uh, something that's also nice to see. Somebody finally picking up and uh, where Brody Lee left off on the style game. Um, uh, he is the first person to dress even remotely as cool as Brody Lee. Uh, El I- well, he's been using El Idolo since CMLL, since he was La Sombra. And, yes, and he was also using it in WWE. Right, yeah, he was El Idolo y Super Estrella. So it makes sense for him to retain that moniker uh, and use it. I know a lot of people were wondering where what he was going to go by. I, I uh, thought I, I like the idea. Yeah, I like the idea that he was just going to be Andrade El Sombra. That way, he can combine both of them because I mean WWE has no claim to La Sombra in any way. Right, shape, but or CMLL form. might. They do. So that's the thing. Yeah, they, that, they, if they CMLL do. does. Then you want to want to deal with that headache, you know? Right. But anyway. Um, one other, but ironically, we keep talking about CMLL. Ironically, this will work well for another promotion in Mexico because what's the triple, what's one of the triple mania announced matches? Yes. Andrade and Kenny Omega. For the, uh, for so, the triple, triple, uh, mega compianato. Yes. And I'm sure this was taken into consideration. They're going to be able to do a lot of great cross promotion for that. And I think it's going to get a lot of eyes on triple mania. This yeah. Year. And there's even some, there, now there was some talk that, uh, some idle chatter that you know, in case Triple Mania gets borked because, uh, it, depending on what the status is in Mexico City, they may push it out be- until they can get more fans in. True. But, um, so I guess we'll see as that develops. But yeah, we'll in the see. meantime, you'll be able to kind of keep a hot, keep that as a hot potato and keep tossing that around on AEW television. Yeah, if it, if they decide to go that route, because right now I think they're going to be concentrating on, you know, uh, you know, Jungle Boy and possibly Adam Page. As we right, which is why I think, you know, people, I saw some some stuff about how it, it was kind of strange to not have Andrade just jump right into a feud because he's red hot right now. But I think that's probably why, because at least this way uh, you give him some time to build up and get him to that point for those big title matches or his feud with Kenny Omega. Because if you dropped him in right away into a match that he ultimately would lose, um, I think that diminishes him out of the gate rather than enhances him. And you have to think about the booking considerations of 
that triple a title match and like what the outcome or what they're planning on the outcome being there right but you know the, what uh i mean we, we also know what he's got coming up too because he's going to be at that federation uh wrestling event on june 19th right he's and in a tag match on that is that right yeah he's teaming with rush you know he's reuniting with rush so you know yeah, and and that'll be cool so you know a little ingobernables uh reunion there so Anyway, uh, we've now hit almost nearly hit the thirty-minute mark on this, and we're we have <laughs> we haven't even gotten to our second match of the evening. Well, the thing is, what we've just talked about, in my opinion, was like kind of far and away the most interesting part of the show. So I want I think dedicating more time to to Andrade's arrival and the conversation around it, I think, is the biggest and most important takeaway from this episode of Dynamite. Anyway, uh, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with that because. You are 100% correct on that, especially as we go into our second match of the evening uh, in which uh, Cody Rhodes and Big Shotty Lee Johnson take on QT Marshall and Anthony Ogogo. It, it became clear during this this match and the segment before that JR, that Jim Ross is either really bad at his job or he was wasted or both. I think he's just old, bro. I think he's just start. I think he just, you know, gets these. These are this is Friday night at 10 p.m. It's late, and uh, you know, I, I think these late time ones. This is when we see Jr. kind of uh, lose the thread sometimes. And he did a couple times. Yeah, he did not have a great uh, show. Well, we talked about him having good events, but he did not have a good show. And he did not have a good show at Double or Nothing. Well, that's two bad shows inside of a week, brother. It's not great. And again, you know, both of them ran, you know, to, to later times at night than I think, you know, the dynamite calls are obviously. And I think that probably has something to do with it. Um, or it could just yeah. be that he's been diminishing returns for the last, you know, five years. Right. And... Well, it's all, that's all part of it. It's all, it all kind of goes in together. And, you know, we've, we've given our opinion on what, what we think should be uh, JR's role, and I, but it's not changing anytime soon. So I guess get used to it. <laughs> uh, this match was a waste of time, although we did um, have some good spots from Anthony Agogo. Yeah, it, it was obvious that QT and uh, Lee Johnson were going to be doing the heavy lifting for this match, uh, and they did. It was kind of, uh, you know, Agogo does have some rib stuff, so they were obviously not letting him do too much. He got a couple good spots in. The big highlight of this match was the frog splash to break up the pin, where they did not frame him in the shot prior to landing the splash, so he just came flying into the frame. That was a uh, good shot. That, good he, shot. He good has a really, you know, especially for with rib injuries, he has a really good frog splash. Yeah, that guy gets up. You don't think the boxer is going to go up to the top rope and do a, a you know, the closest to a five-star Van Damme-esque frog splash I've seen in a while. But, man, really good. Uh, Anthony Agogo knocks out Cody Rhodes to set up the finish where QT Marshall gets a shock win over Cody Rhodes. And then, oh, God, why... why just stop QT Marshall from talking, please. <laughs> just Yeah, I please. didn't even, I just tuned it out. Honestly, I don't remember anything that he said or did. Although I will say the booking decision was right. Getting uh, Cody this, uh, this L after that win, I think keeps things a little more interesting. Uh, right booking decision. The match wasn't bad. And I think Lee Johnson's got a lot of potential once we find a character for him. Cause I think the guy can go and yeah, Anthony Agogo, huge ceiling. Yeah. Uh, we then get a recap of the stadium stampede match, including Urban Meyer saying shit on TV before Chuck Taylor ever gets to. <laughs> wow. Chucky. Poor Chucky. Dustin is just... What's the count of people who have said shit before Chuck? It's got to be up there. We need a, we need an official count on We're that. definitely in double digits now. Damn. It's got to be about a baker's dozen. Yeah, something. I don't know, man. Jesus. And then we get the uh, celebration from the inner circle where they give out free t-shirts a la Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. Uh, and you get a t-shirt and you get an inner circle t-shirt and you get one. I know it's not in your size, but you get one. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was say, did it just make them all X large just in case or I think so. Well, I think they just throw in varying sizes and just kind of hope because I saw some large people holding up some small shirts. <laughs> you think they were like, they were like people like trading. I, I got, I got a medium. Who's got a, <laughs> Oh, I'm sure people were shirt swapping in their immediate oh, sections. Yeah. Hell yeah. I uh, hope so. Sammy Guevara gets his, uh, Sammy Guevara gets his big, big, uh, big victory speech. Yeah, I, I saw the tweet you made on, that on, the, was, B, uh, on the BGTD. 
that one came from the mind of my girlfriend. I have to give her credit for that. She's like, man, that guy, he's a haircut looking like fucking Phil from Rugrats. And we all had a big laugh and I looked up a picture and sure enough. Oh yeah. Well, we've yeah, been, well, Phil Chris, from Rugrats looking ass haircut. Well, Chris and I have been saying for, for, for since the beginning, uh, that he looks just like, uh, with, you know, similar haircuts to, uh, Jack Grealish of Aston Villa. football oh, club. So, you know, we, we, we the way, that. the way the wave in his hair kind of goes back, it does look like he just took a header. <laughs> it does kind of also jesus christ stop jake hager from talking <laughs> yeah they're gonna i mean they keep trying because i mean it's obvious that they're working on his promos that he's actively trying and like we're doing more it's obvious jericho's working with him and they're doing their best to feature him and let him grow as a promo which obviously as you know he's assigned talent with their company i understand them doing just here's the thing nobody likes him uh great intensity from jericho though finishing that promo he was he's really feeling it. Uh, he's really, you know, some people have their misgivings about this feud or, you know, I think maybe it's going on too long or the pacing of it or some of the decisions are a little off. But the big thing is everyone's really engaged in it. And Jericho especially really believes in this one. And you can tell. Uh, so, yeah. So eventually we're going to get, you know, some sort of blow off here between uh, the inner circle and the pinnacle. Who well, and I like I like what they're doing right now uh, where they're going to break them out into individual matches before we have another pinnacle versus inner circle match again. Yeah, I, which is a good idea. Uh, yeah, but also is... that but also that means that there's potentially four matches between all of them. That's going to take up space for something else. I mean, I don't think that's a space for something else because I think FTR and uh, Proud and Powerful is a, is a match that almost every AEW fan wants to see, right? Everyone wants to see them broke out into their things. Yeah, doing yeah. What I mean, that, that'll be And bad. that's the biggest thing. MJF and Jericho have had good singles interactions. And then the Wardlow-Jake uh, Hager MMA rules fight, I think it's going to be fun. I think that's going to be really that'll cool. Be in- I-, I will confess, that will be interesting. I'm I'm very interested. I mean, one of my favorite wrestling matches ever, uh, SummerSlam 98, Ken Shamrock, Owen Hart, Lion's Den. Uh, and I think they'll probably draw from that uh, uh, spiritually. So I'm excited to see how it turns out. And, you know, the last time Warlow was in a cage, well, actually, the last two times Warlow was in a cage, if we count blood and guts. Uh, yeah. He, he, he excelled. So, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to see him trying to do and, you know, wrestlers whose moves like translate or have an MMA style that translate to pro wrestling is really interesting. Obviously, Jake Hager works on that. I'll, we'll see how he does. A uh, thing I saw on Dark Elevation today to circle back to that. I think Layla Hirsch might be one of the best in all of pro wrestling at making an MMA and like uh, amateur wrestling move set look good for professional wrestling. She's really great at it and making like her her uh, uh, ground style like look good for in a wrestling ring. Well, I mean, you, you take a look at, you know, his old ECW material and, you know, Taz was watching old Pancrase because he, he really took. The oh, whole, yeah. The whole mineral Suzuki, you know, towel over the head look. To, well, yeah. To, when, I, when I was explaining Layla Hirsch to my girlfriend, I was, or in Taz, I was like, "Well, you know, she never saw Taz wrestle. She only got into wrestling with, you know, my viewing of AEW." Uh, I was like, "Yeah, Taz just used to wrestle like Layla Hirsch does now." Yeah, and that you know what? There's a lot of similarities there. Tons of parallels. I mean, we we've talked about Layla joining Team Taz and how obvious that is. I hope they just pull the trigger one day. On that note, we go to the best friends and Orange Cassidy. Uh, railing down uh, Kenny Omega and uh, nice Ke- little promo. It was a nice little promo. Uh, Orange Cassidy basically just says, uh, it, "This ain't over yet." So the most important takeaway from this segment was the new breast friend shirt uh, that features uh, Chris Statlander, and they're all in like a quadruple bicycle. You know what? I completely did you not see that. I Trent was wearing the new it. shirt. I completely missed that. Yeah, Trent was wearing it. It's that that same art style they've been using, but now with stats in it, and oh, it's adorable. From uh, John J. Freeze on on Twitter. So yeah. yes, and it's it's just uh, it's just delightful. Yeah, truly, he, he, he's a good artist. I, I or they're good. Artist. I don't know who this person is, so they they're a good artist. I should say. Yeah, absolutely. Love those t-shirts. I think they've all been winners. We then transition to the control center where uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis are ranting and raving about a conspiracy. And at one point, Callis says next Friday, and my eyes just rolled into the back of my head. Well, 
Folks, another we I love that we went back to one Wednesday and there was immediately a month and a half of Friday Dynamites. Yes, yeah, so I, I love this couldn't you- have happened like while we were like had had to do the podcast on a weekend. It couldn't have just matched up perfectly for us. We did it for a couple months and then we were planning on going back to doing Wednesday night podcast. And AW is like, nope. See you on the weekend again, yep. bud. Th- th- thank you for twisting my arm that we go back to Wednesday. <laughs> and not only were there, will there be Friday Night Dynamites all month, one of them at the end of the month will be on a Saturday night. Yay, so get ready for a, a an upcoming Sunday night edition Woo! of Boom Goes the Dynamite. God damn it, AEW. <laughs> You're killing me <laughs> with this shit. But we will be here. We will make it happen. We'll, we'll figure a way out like we always have. Our third match of the evening, uh, Jungle Boy and Christian Cage versus Private Party, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. Uh, This match wasn't bad. It was designed to do one thing and one thing only, and I think it did it. What, show uh, everybody how insanely over uh, the Baltimore song is with crowds? That's true. Yeah, I mean, even <laughs> even Callus and, and and Omega were 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 referencing it at the end of their promo. But... You can't not. It is. I mean, it, it's proven now, especially why. As far as like the first big song they got licensed was this one. Perfect decision. It it, it, it was some inspired uh some inspired licensing, uh. But yeah, this match was just designed to show, uh, you know, to get you know Jungle Boy over and billing to his match with Kenny Omega on that said Saturday night dynamite. And, uh, it worked. Yeah, it sure did. And, uh, yeah. So that, that's it. all I really got for it. Jungle yeah, that, Boy rules. Yeah. Afterwards, uh, Matt Hardy attacks Christian cage because, you know, two old WWE guys go, who go back like rocking chairs. Gotta, gotta do their thing. So gotta do their thing. And I like private parties, uh, new ring gear that just looks like they're, it's like going out clothes, but ring gear is fun. Yeah. I think they're just going out clothes. <laughs> Maybe they, I mean, they can both party and wrestle in that. I, I guess. And that's the kind of versatility you're looking for. We then go backstage for a pre-tape segment with Team Taz uh, where they they uh, throw Brian Cage and Powerhouse Hobbs at Adam Page and a member of the Dark Order of his choosing. So, and did you see Ricky Starks' reaction to this? He just kind of walked away, yeah. He, he was mm. not happy. This is an interesting way uh, to play this dynamic with Team Taz that, like, they all don't necessarily like each other, but they're willing to deal with it to get better and to be the best. Yeah, I kind of like that. It's working. I kind of like that. I mean, I remember not too – it wasn't too long ago where Tetsuya Naido was cutting a backstage promo, and he he says, yeah, wow, me and Shingo, we're a really good team. I don't even like Shingo, but we're a really good team. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, that, that kind of stuff can be really interesting if those guys have the proper chemistry. And I think that everyone there does. I think especially between Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, they have this just underlying tension that they've always had, and it really works. And eventually that's going to blow up. One of them is going to split off, and they're going to have uh, – you're going to get a really good feud out of it. All righty. Yes. So with that in mind, we go to the ring with Tony Schiavone as uh, Darby Allen and Steve Stinger – uh, arrive for uh, for a promo. Did you Sting. see the new another new T-shirt? Sting wearing uh, the new Sting and Darby shirt, the little little father and son action. Yeah, I did see. That. <laughs> and then we get a video promo from Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, where they challenge Darby Allen team with anybody except Sting. This is a a, a fun little wrinkle. It, it, it keeps is. this feud going and gives us a little intrigue as to you know who Darby could pick as a as a partner for this. Uh, and, you know, keeps Sting not from having to wrestle while still being involved. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, 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 let's see how this works. Do you have any, like, early thoughts or guesses as to who Darby is going to uh, choose as his partner here? Uh, I, I think for a one-match thing, this would be, like, a, uh, a perfect time to do something like... T- uh, like John Moxley or somebody, but I mean, it, w- it, it won't happen. But I mean, I, I, I just remember this ECW bit where a, a bunch of heels were like bullying, like somebody lower on the roster. And they, they challenged him to an impromptu tag match. So he, he goes out to, you know, go grab anybody on, you know, anybody in the back. And he comes back with Tommy dreamer, you know, <laughs> that's fun. I love that. I went to an NXT house show once in like 2015 where, uh, that was the gimmick. So, Kevin Owens and, uh, geez, uh, 
I think it was Tyler Breeze. Yeah, Kevin Owens and Tyler Breeze challenged Finn Balor to a tag match, uh, and he had to get a partner by the end of the show, and he came out with Billy Gunn. That's how he tied it back into AEW. He came out, came out with Billy Gunn uh, coming out to the DX theme. It was awesome. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> a lot of fun. We then get an in-ring celebration with Britt oh, Baker. Also, so I put my thoughts out there. Uh, I think it's going to be a Dark Order member is who we'll tag with. Uh, most, li- most likely. Uh, we then get a uh, a celebration of Britt Baker, uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. DMD. Your, your new AEW Women's World Champion. Uh, many many uh, lower-level heels in the in the celebration here. Just having some friends out there. Just some and homies, also, Diamante, Nyla Rose, uh, the Hybrid 2. The we're out there, uh, we're out there the, the, the wingmen, I think, were there. Yeah, the wingmen the, were also there. Yeah, uh, Serpentico and uh, that and, Chaos Project was Chaos there, and uh, a lot of Big Macs, and a lot of burgers. There were some. There were some. There were some it some kind of reminded me of the Trump White House picture. Yeah, I, I, I think that's what they were going for because and I couldn't. You know what? It's very funny. That was the only thing. I was like, why the fuck are there Big Macs there? Oh, that's why. Well, Britt mentioned that she got. She has fifteen hundred burger coupons to hand out the audience, and did the same look under your seat. Uh, call that uh, Jericho did, mm-hmm. except the burger coupons weren't there. They were with her the whole time. Right. So no burgers for the crowd. And no burgers for anybody else because Nyla Rose just trashed, smacked him out of everybody's hands and, I and threw him around. I fucking laughed so hard at this. That like, was funny. I, that was funny. I was legitimately like, la- like hooting and hollering at my TV. Nyla Rose is fucking great. She just came up and smacked every burger. Like, so so Rebel and Britt and Tony all have a burger and they're putting them all together like the, they look like the shield but with burgers and uh, Nyla just walks up and smacks them off the, from the bottom and just throws the burger trays everywhere. There's just no burgers for anyone. And then she just leaves. She's like, nah, fuck you guys. I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. It was this awesome. <laughs> that was that was something else. I have to admit, that was something else. It was so funny. I, I, I did good really. I'm really glad we're revisiting Britt and Nyla. They have really good chemistry. Uh, should be a very fun little title feud. I expect Britt to keep this belt for a while, but it's time to start lining up opponents. At that point, we go backstage and Eddie Kingston is trying to talk to Alex Marvez whilst uh, Billy Big Fish Bollocks and Penta Alcero Miedo basically tell uh, Eddie to stay the fuck away. And uh, Eddie says that, you know, the, the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Let that marinate in your brains. Uh, yay for continuity. Yes. So you have to acknowledge it. I mean, this was, you know, something that was so tied into these storylines with these guys. When Pac was gone, you had to find a place uh, to put the Lucha Bros in the meantime. And I thought they did a really good job, you know, putting them in and out of that group and finding a way to, you know, put a pin in that all that while they, you know, Death Triangle got back together. But now we kind of see the fallout from that. And it ties into Eddie Kingston's, you know, larger redemption arc. Uh, as a character with all the John Moxley stuff, so this is cool. Yeah, so I mean, we're getting maybe we're finally getting a little uh, anti uh, anti elite unit happening here. Finally, maybe. Well, if, if we, we also can... had we didn't we didn't mention the other elite attack from earlier in the show uh, that elite hunter Frankie Kazarian. No, I uh, totally struck. no, I totally did mention that oh, about, yeah. the, about the Good Brothers. So, oh yeah, yeah, the Good Brothers, yeah. But yeah. then uh, Kazarian, what he beat up uh, Nakazawa. Right? Like, yeah, well, and the good brother, yeah, and then he chased off, or good you know, chased him, chase him off, and all that. So, yeah, I did mention, I did. So Frank Kazarian lurking there, so watch out for maybe him making a strategic alliance at some point. I could see Eddie Kingston, you know, politicking his way to taking all the people that hate the elite and putting them together. I'm telling you, I don't know why they don't do this more often, but you know, here, here we go. Well, doing the slow burn like this, specifically as it relates to Eddie Kingston, who's one of the best there at st- slow burn storylines. Well, you I know, it's just is, the is same. The- like, like, how sooner could the NWO ha- thing have ended if they actually had uh, actually thought about doing this? You know, right? But there was no foresight involved there, and this is one of the reasons. You know, AEW and WCW comparisons don't converge as AEW does seem to have a longer term vision at large than, you know, even including their, you know, their chief rival um, up in New York. Our fourth match of the evening, uh, Red Velvet versus Allie the Bunny, uh, because I don't I'm not very comfortable just calling her the bunny. So it, it, she's a- funny. A- Allie the Bunny. Um, I guess uh, Allie the Bunny is doing some sort of brass knucks gimmick right now. Well, that's uh, Blade did give her some some knuckles on that. Uh, two quick notes about Red Velvet. One, still uh, straight out of your mama's kitchen is the best build from uh, in all of pro <laughs> wrestling right now. 
It's the best build from location since parts unknown. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, so one, that's good. Two, uh, they're calling her finisher just desserts. Also, that's good. That's good. Uh, Inspired. Also, it's Red Velvet's a star, dude. I also, think Red Velvet's going to be a big deal. A little bit of a unit being built here between uh, her and uh, Big Swole and Kylan King. Yeah, just some just some homies uh, hanging out together. Just some friends. It's great to see Big Swole back on Wednesday nights. Kylan King looks to be someone that they're pretty high on. Uh, you know what's really interesting about her? She looks a lot bigger in her ring gear. Did that did that strike yeah, you at all? Yeah, she does. She mean, looks she, very normal in her like regular gear, but when she has like the face paint on and like her ring gear, she looks way bigger. I feel like she yeah. like really like has like that uh, uh I like really morph into a pro wrestler when the gear comes on. I think that's cool. Uh Revel does of course get the win with the just desserts and just desserts. Uh, that that it was a quick match. It was it wasn't but, bad, it was quick. You know, the point was to kind of show off this maybe uh burgeoning unit and to remind people that Red Velvet's still around and that she's a thing. And I think that there's a really, really high ceiling for her. Uh, you know, obviously we're going to get back to her and Jade at some point, but to kind of start working her way up the card, get her some wins on TV, get people familiar. Because again, Brit's going to need babyface challengers. I think Red Velvet's going to get a title shot probably sometime this year. We then go backstage and it's the Dark Order with John hey! Silver and Evil Uno. Special guests are Negative One. It's Johnny 30, Johnny birthday. Yes, happy birthday to him. I think it was... Happy uh, related to Johnny was, Silver. It was his 30th birthday. It was uh, Jade Cargill's birthday yesterday, too. Oh, nice, which means also Jade Cargill's incredibly jacked twin brother's birthday. Uh, it was also Riho's uh, birthday earlier oh, this week. Happy birthday, Riho, as well. Uh, at, uh, at 24 years old. Wow, that's incredible. She's so good for 24. Holy shit. Has been wrestling half of her over half of her life. <laughs> Yeah, that's just, it's remarkable, truly. But, you know, it was really nice to see uh, these little backstage Dark Order things. Uh, oh, <laughs> the balloons thing just reminded me. I also laughed a lot when Nyla Rose came back to pop all the balloons and then left again. <laughs> that was great. Uh, that was also great. But, uh, yeah, uh, so John Silver, for his birthday, uh, you know, offered a title shot with Miro. Uh, but, you know, uh, has to decline because he's still not medically cleared from his shoulder thing. Gives the title shot to one evil Udo. Yes, he does. And then we get a response from Miro where he thanks God and his hot wife. Two people worth thanking. A free agent hot wife as well. Oh, really? Lana was amongst the uh, recent WWE spate of fires. Oh, snap. I did not realize. We didn't even even talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So two things that are very interesting right now. Uh, CJ Perry and Thea Trinidad both free agents, uh, both uh, wrestling counterparts, uh, firmly a, a, a part of the big picture in AEW. Wait, so, wait, wait, uh, so who's Thea Trinidad? Thea Trinidad. You never, you're not familiar with Thea Trinidad. She was, uh, she had a big run in what Impact before her WWE thing. She was in WWE as Zelina Vega, and she was on Drade's oh, uh, LA. Oh, right. Okay. I, I, you know what? I, I, you know. Currently married to uh, another recent firing from WWE, uh, Tommy End. Oh, wow. Yeah, Tommy End's out. Yeah, Braun Strowman's gone. Jesus Christ. Braun Braun Strowman is is one of the more interesting ones because I don't know who takes him. And which one uh, uh, wants Braun? I don't think AEW particularly wants Braun Strowman. I don't think he's the right guy for that roster. He would automatically bring the size, no doubt. But other than that, I don't know. Well, they didn't hire. They didn't immediately hire uh, Eric Redbeard either. Even in the in the midst of the 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 grief of uh, Brody Lee dying, I thought Eric Redbeard would have been a worthwhile signing. I thought him joining Dark Order would have made a lot of sense. It would. Uh, it, it would have. Actually, I hope you visit that. I hope Eric Redbeard gets there because I think he. Well, you know, I don't think he's like an incredible light the world on fire wrestler. I think he's a good big man. Um, but who? Which one of Liv Morgan or uh, I can never remember what her name is. Ruby in, Riot. Yeah, I was say For, I, she's highly lovely. Highly lovely yeah. is how I know her. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like it's literally a lot of know her. <laughs> so. if you're, yeah. If you were if you were a wrestling fan in the Midwest, you probably knew her as Heidi Lovelace. Yes. Yeah, so. So anyway, yeah. So they're very interesting. So I, the, the landscape's going to be very interesting in three months. Uh, there were some big names that were recently let go that I'm sure a lot of different promotions are going to have eyes on in multiple parts of the world. Um, is Vince about to sell? I say yes. You know, my, my thought is yes. I think the MGM deal 
uh, the Amazon acquisition of MGM for like nine billion dollars was was the final cue. I think with when you see that much money going around in media acquisition right now, yeah, and and Vince McMahon, to his credit, knows when to sell high in general, and I think now's the time. Yeah, I don't but, think they, I think he knows they're not going to get any more for it. But you know, will, right. the, 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 this whole monoculture thing is just killing me, though. You know. Yeah, I mean, no, it sucks. But, but that, Disney and Amazon are going to fucking own everything we consume, uh, and it's going to be awful. It's hell world. And it's not good for wrestling. If one of these companies buys them, I don't feel confident that the product is going to get any better. As a matter of fact, they and might then, just... And then, they, and then they're going to sell, and then they'll sell them off within five years because... because uh, oh, yeah. Let, let's consider this for a second. If they do sell, and it's to somebody like NBC or somebody, how do we know that what happened with WCW isn't going to happen with them. They're going to look at it. And it's like, yeah, this the ratings on this stinks, and oh, the, the the audience is very small. Fuck this shit, you know? You're gone. Yeah, I you're mean, done. the biggest thing is, like, there's a lot of media assets there, right? Like, you're not just buying a wrestling company if you're buying, you know, WWE. You're buying, like, a, a, a giant media entity so there's a lot more that goes into it you're buying the film studio you're buying the video library uh you have a lot of talent that does cross over into you know and i think that's the that's their biggest thing is the intellectual property and crossing wwe over with all of their other existing ip that's what yeah. seems to be what everybody wants to do right now i mean amazon blatantly just said like their executives straight up said that they bought mgm for the ip acquisition yeah i mean i mean yeah i mean it's all naked i mean it's just naked you know late stage capitalism at this point oh yeah I mean, it sucks it, you know, it sucks. Fucking sucks anyway it's not great folks it's not great but anyway yeah, um, miro and they're... evil uno coming up yeah and good for evil uno who looks like he lost some weight and he's getting in better shape and he's been wrestling we talked last week that you know i saw him on uh dark elevation and he had that tag match in the main event of dynamite and he's looked really good lately so i think this is a great time for him to get that shot our main event of the evening, uh, Dustin Rose versus Nick Camarado in a bull rope match. Pause, fight, pause, fight, um, fight. Let's go. But Woo! yet, this was like one of the least hoss fighty bull rope matches I've ever seen. <laughs> a little bit, but there was a lot of fun stuff. The the there was one camera issue that they didn't quite catch Dustin's outside the ring power slam to uh, to Aaron Solo, where he like went the opposite way of the rope and did the power slam. It looked really great, but you can only see part of it. Yeah, uh, there was a couple of really good spots there. Uh, Dustin really good and, and adept, adept at using the rope. Nick Camarado is a fucking beast, like really a beast. Like, I mean, he, he he does have that Bruiser Brody look to him, and he like picked Dustin, who's a Dustin's a big fucking guy. He picked that man up and military pressed him right over his head. Yeah, that being said, this was kind of just. A, a, a man match, honestly. I mean, I, I like I the mean, a lot, you know. And, 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 and how do you have in in a, in a match like this? How do you have a Rhodes in it, and he's and he's not the one bleeding? That well, that's the swerve right there. I thought that was kind of interesting. That like, oh, you're going to get blood. Everyone expects it to be Dustin. Nope, it's going to be Camarado. This is your welcome to AEW. You got to bleed for Dustin. <laughs> uh, Dustin does get the win, of course, because who else would? But. It would have been interesting to see Camarado get a win, but I like I like when Dustin's winning matches and is relevant. I think he's done some incredible work over the last couple of years in AEW, and I like to see him on a run. But uh, honestly, though, I think that for especially for the late hour, they could have gotten away with a lot more. In fact, they have gotten away with a lot more brutality, and and they just didn't. It just was just kind of a TV match with a. I think probably a little bit underneath people's expectations when you hear bull rope match. Yeah, I mean, I don't uh, you've know. Seen some, uh, you know, going back, we've seen some of Dusty's uh, bull rope matches, and holy shit. Well, I'm just trying to say, you know, and, and I think this goes to the nature of this episode, where, like, nothing was, like, not a lot was outwardly bad, but it was just kind of there, you know? I agree. I agree. This one didn't really get my goat, outside of the Andrade stuff, which, you know, I don't think it was a particularly incredible segment, but I do think... Uh, pairing him with Vicky to start is very fun, very interesting. And just his presence, his presence alone just brings uh, so many uh, options and things we can see as fans yeah. to this show. And so I'm really excited about that. And, and, uh, and especially, you know, again, when we consider the, the, the Mega Campeonato match coming up. At, yes. It's supposed to be at Triple Mania. Who knows? I, I'm still going to kvetch, though, because I thought, because we were supposed to have Kenny versus Iho uh, Del Vikingo first. Because they specifically started feuding with each other. 
but that's There's a lot of potential here. Hopefully we can get Vikingo a visa so he can come over and uh, do some of that on Wednesdays too. That would be good. That would be good. So, uh, Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. That's the show, folks. You can find me on Twitter at Cool Step Uncle. Uh, I just I got to get used to my my changed Twitter app. It's Cool Step Uncle, all one word on Twitter. Uh, still got the Twitch open, twitch.tv slash Nick Flair, which uh, keep your eye on that space because uh, there's probably some stuff related to this very podcast and other PWOM stuff you might end up seeing there. Uh, also follow this podcast page on Twitter at BGTD Podcast. And uh, that's what I got. Uh, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. My personal Twitter at GD Wessel, two S's, one L. I would be lying if I didn't say that I've actually am starting to think about combining my Twitters, like getting getting rid of one of the accounts and just making I'm new. merge. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking about it. I'm I'm really thinking about it. If I do, it's probably just gonna I'm gonna make the Strong Style Story account my personal account and then just migrate everybody over to that one. So yeah, makes we'll, sense. We'll see. Um, this weekend, uh, busting balls will be coming again because, uh, we ran out of time and we need to do our Euro 2020 asterisk preview. Um, but also, uh, apparently I have an episode of strong style story coming up. Um, was news to me because, uh, Chris Damasceno Worked with uh, Dave Ryan of Days of Thunder and uh, a guy named Jack Lazell, who is a part, I may have gotten that name wrong, uh, who is the the podcast partner of Dave Ryan on another thing called Link to the Cast. They have a special series now on the PWM podcast network called The Cast and the Furious, where they're going through all of the uh, Fast and Furious movies in order. So uh, they did uh, the Fast and the Furious and Too Fast, Too Furious on this debut episode. So uh, Too Fast, maybe my favorite Fast and Furious movie. That's a great one. It was underrated, I think. But at one point, Chris just casually mentioned that, yeah, we're going to have an episode soon. It was like, well, nobody told me this. So uh, well, that's how well, you. So you listen to the podcast, and now you know. So I don't uh, see what the problem is. It sounds like he. Uh, it sounds like he did inform you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah, actually, that will be next week. So uh, another weekend of podcasting coming up because of AEW's schedule. <laughs> because mm-hmm. Jesus, these Friday night shows are starting to kill me. I may not. You know what? There's a distinct possibility. I may just save next week's dynamite for uh, for set for Saturday morning. Yeah, well, we're going to figure something out uh, with Jesus. these recent Saturday ones. And, you know, hey, this is a preview for uh, how we're going to figure out Rampage eventually because this is the time slot. And now, so my conspiracy theory to end the show, uh, they're making, they're putting all these Friday ones on purpose uh, to make us happier with the TBS move so we know that this shit won't happen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now all the fans are like, oh, well, fuck, TBS is going to be great because we don't have to deal with this. You, you know what? You might be right on that. <laughs> Paul, any last words? Um, okay we'll see you next week